Good morning. Well, I'm gr grieving this morning. You are too. Um, not because of the referendum, um, not, not because there's been a death in the family, but because of the, fo of the football. And I've been just praying that God will give me love for the Welsh people this morning. Is, is there anybody here who's Welsh? Any, any, anybody got Welsh blood in them? No? Oh, that's so. Oh, right. Could, uh, could he please be escorted from the, the, the building, please? <laughs> no, but the Irish, the Irish are still in with a shout because we got the Republic of Ireland. They're still there. And uh, the first eight years of my ministry was um, uh, started in, in, in Dublin. So um, um, think about the Republic of Ireland um, tonight. Say, say a prayer for them, all right? I was just thinking about the, um, the, the referendum. And um, we're not here to be political because everybody has their, their, their opinion upon um, the outcome of the referendum. You might be gutted. Or you might be you might be pleased, and I'm sure we were divided as regards that this morning. But I was thinking about Paul when he was on um, Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17, and he was preaching to the educated people, and he gave this fantastic sermon on God. He says, "God is the Creator," and then he says, "And God has determined where the nations are, and the boundaries, and and the borders." And so. You might be pleased or you might be gutted, but ultimately we've got to believe that our hands, our lives are in the hands of God. You believe that, don't you? And so we can rest in that. We can rest in our sovereign God that ultimately he is in control. And uh, uh, I was reading from Isaiah this morning where, where Isaiah said, what are the nations? They're only, a, they're only a drop in the bucket as far as God is concerned, but yet he loves the nations. And ultimately, he is in control. So let's rest in that. Let's not allow it to become a divisive thing. Let's rest in the fact that ultimately God is in control. I've been asked to uh, speak from uh, a few verses of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7. If you have a Bible with you, maybe you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 7. I've been uh, appreciating the, the teaching that I've been getting from Matthew's Gospel, uh, especially from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the, Dan's insight and Carl's insight, and anybody else who, who's preached, I've appreciated. And if you've appreciated, it does no harm just to say, hey, Dan, that was good. It won't give him a big head, will it? No. No. It'll probably just encourage him to be a better preacher, all right? Uh, and over the years, I've always appreciated somebody saying, hey, that, that was good. That spoke into my life. It's never, never given me a big head. But it certainly has inspired me to become a better preacher. So when people share and you're blessed and you're encouraged, it does, not all the time, don't go overboard with it, but from time to time, just say, hey, that was good. Appreciated that. You're probably saying he's looking for compliments this morning. No, I know what, I know how you're thinking. All right, it's difficult to put glasses on when you got hearing aids on. Number one, like I said, this getting older is not agreeing with me. All right, Matthew chapter seven. I've been asked to speak on uh, these verses of scripture. Verse seven, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, 
and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. The blessing of God be upon his word this morning. I don't know if there's any golfers here this morning, but something lives vividly in my mind. It was in 1996, some of you weren't even born then, but it was the, it was the Masters in, in Britain. And the Australian golfer, Greg Norman, he was seven or eight shots in, in the lead. And then on the final day of the competition, he blew it. And an English golfer, who you'll know by the name of Nick Faldo, pipped him to the post by one shot. Now imagine if you would have been Greg Norman, you would have been gutted, wouldn't you? You've been pretty upset. And at the end of the game, Nick Faldo made his way towards Greg Norman, and Greg Norman put out his hand to shake. And instead of shaking his hand, Nick Faldo just threw himself on the guy, and he hugged him. And he wouldn't let him go. And this lasted for a minute or two. And then when eventually they were separated, Greg Norman was seen wiping the tears away from his eyes. And the following day, he was asked about that. He said, why were you crying? He said, well, it wasn't because I, I, won, I lost the golf, because I've lost golf games in the past, and I'm sure it will happen in the future. It was because I was never hugged like that before by another man. <laughs> it was a new experience to me. And the story goes that his own father was quite a strict disciplinarian, a very man, a man who was very distant, who when Greg saw his father, he wouldn't hug him, but he would always put out his hand and, and, and shake. That was just the kind of man. And so for him, it was a new experience to be hugged by a man. I am so glad that Jesus came into this world to restore our relationship with the Father. Aren't you glad about that? And he did that by dealing with the thing that was the cause of the obstacle, and that was our sin. And he died for our sin, removing the obstacle whereby we could have a relationship with the Father. And I want to say this this morning. I believe in a Father who gives hugs. <laughs> My Heavenly Father gives me hugs. To be sure, he's a disciplinarian, but even that is done in love. I don't know what your thought is of God, how you view God. Possibly it's been clouded because of a relationship with a human father. But I want to say this morning that my heavenly father, he's a God of love. And he's a father who gives hugs. Hugs. And that encourages us when we pray. Because when we pray to our father, we we have to have in our thinking all the positive aspects of, of fatherhood. 
we, when we come to God in prayer, we realize that we're coming to our Father. And because he's our Father, he wants to bless us. He wants to answer our prayer. Well, in most cases, I believe he wants to uh, answer our prayer. He comes to us, and we come to him, and he hears our prayers, and he answers our prayers. And so I believe that this concept of the fatherhood of God is very important, especially when we come to the aspect of prayer, because we're coming to a Father who gives hugs. We're coming to a Father who hears us and answers our prayer. Now, if I was to sum up those verses of Scripture that I've just read to you, I think you could sum them up by saying that God answers prayer. Has God ever answered your prayer? You can shake your heads or nod. You can say, yes, he has, or you can go like that, no. Has God ever answered your prayer? Thank you. Yeah, he has. I've been a Christian just thinking about it the other day, getting near 50 years, and I can say that God has answered my prayer. He hasn't answered all of them. And some people say, well, when that happens, it's just a coincidence. Well, it's amazing how the coincidences stop when you stop praying. But when you pray, God hears and answers. And what does he say? What does Jesus say? In this passage of scripture, he says, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then he goes on and he gives an illustration about a father and so on. How if a, if a son says to a father, dad, can I have a piece of bread? He's not going to give him a stone. No, he encourages us to pray. And I think that what we have here. Jesus encouraging us to pray to our Father because our Father answers our prayers. Just a few simple thoughts this morning. Hope you're up to that. First of all, what precedes answered prayer? I think the last time I spoke, I... I said something along the lines, it seems almost unnecessary to say this, but I'll say it. And even now, it seems unnecessary for me to say this, but I'll say it. Is that okay? And what I want to say is this, that if you want God to answer your prayer, then you've got to pray. Wow! I mean, you have to go to Bible school to learn things like that, don't you, really? If you want God to hear your prayer and answer your prayer, then you need to pray. Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. It doesn't happen unless you ask, seek, and knock. There's a verse of scripture in the book of James which says, you don't have because you didn't ask. I, when I was pastor of Zion or Life House, whatever you want to call it. When I was preaching, I, I generally, I would I'd walk down to church in the morning, and as I was walking down, I, I would be praying for, for myself uh, as I was going to preach, and then I would be praying for the people who were going to hear as well. So I was out this morning for a little while, 20 minutes, and I was praying for myself, God help me, and then I was praying for you that you would listen to what I've got to say. Has anybody gone to sleep yet? Is God answering my prayer? <laughs> Ask. What, what do you need? What do you want? Well, ask. Seek. Knock. 
it was Spurgeon, I think, who said that as the moon affects the tides of the ocean, so prayer affects the tides of godliness in our lives. And if you want to have godliness in your life, then you've got to ask for it. You, you've got to pray. Now, I, I've, been, I've been speaking a little bit about the Irish th this morning, and I was, me and Fergie were having a bit of a, a sob story when, when I came in this morning because of the, of the football and so on. But, but you know what? There is a, there's a very familiar hymn that we used to sing, and it was written by an Irishman by the name of Joseph Scriven. Do you know the, the hymn that I'm talking about? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. How much do we miss because we don't pray? I wonder. Somebody said there's going to be a, a room in heaven, and when we get there, there's going to be a lot of boxes, and on these boxes they have labels and on the labels it says never delivered to earth because never requested for with our names I wonder how much we miss out because we do not pray so what precedes answered prayer it's very simply this even an, even an Irishman like me knows it you've got to ask this raises at least two questions the first question that it raises is, I think Dan talked about this a little bit a while ago. Um, why do we need to ask if our Father knows what we need? Have you, have you ever thought that? In fact, when uh, Dan was speaking on the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6 and verse 8, what does it say there? Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So why pray then? And then, still in Matthew 6, verse 32 it is. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, Jesus has already told us what we should pray for in the Lord's Prayer, and he's told us how we're not to pray, especially in public. We're not to put on a, a religious performance, as it were, and I've been in prayer meetings where definitely there's been a religious performance going on, and Dan is laughing, he knows what I'm talking about, and, and people have been praying more to impress than rather to make contact with their Heavenly Father. But, but my Father, he, he knows what I need before I ask. Well, why do, why do I need to ask? I'll, I'll say very simply, in, in my own very simple way, it's because he wants to hear from us. It's because he wants a relationship with me. Didn't Jesus say, this is life eternal, that they might know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent? I want to say, I'm glad to hear from my children, even if they want a loan. And usually the loan turns out to be a gift anyways. <laughs> My experience, anyways. <laughs> I want to hear from my children. I want to have a relationship with my children. Once again, human relationships can cloud 
how we view our heavenly relationship. I didn't have a, a good relationship with my biological father. He was, he, was, um, he was a father I didn't know. But I do want to have a relationship with my, my kids. And my heavenly father, he wants to have a relationship. He wants to hear from me. If you get anything out of this sermon this morning, get this. Your father wants to hear from you. Your father wants to have a relationship with you. When I was growing up, I was dependent upon my, my parents, my father. Uh, although I didn't have much of a relationship with him. I, I, I believe that we need to have that attitude. We need to have that humble dependence upon our Father. We, need, we even need to ask for our daily bread. In a world of abundance, in a world where there's plenty of food on, on, on the shelves in our supermarkets, Jesus still says, pray for your daily bread. So the first question is, why do we need to ask when he knows already. I hope I've answered it. The second question that people ask is, why don't I always get what I ask for? Well, you know, I prayed for that new Ferrari, but I just didn't get it. I, I, I prayed for that luxury cruise in the Caribbean or, or the Mediterranean, and I didn't get it. I mean, I give up on this praying business. It just doesn't work for me. Well, maybe two quick observations about that. Maybe you gave up too soon on the thing that you were praying for. Um, I, I believe in perseverance, don't you? It was, it was Winston Churchill who gave a great state uh, uh, speech on one occasion. And it was a very short one. He got up uh, before a crowd of students, and this was, this was his, his speech. He says, never give up. And then he says, never, never give up. And then he said, never, never, never give up. And he sat down, and the place went absolutely wild. Perseverance. And it was through perseverance that the snail reached the ark. Wasn't it? How do you think those animals got to the ark? It says God brought them to them. I can just imagine that little snail. <laughs> it was through perseverance that the snail reached the ark. I believe in perseverance when it comes to praying. In fact, that's what Jesus, I believe, is talking about here. In fact, you can literally interpret this, these verses of Scripture as by saying, keep, keep on asking keep on seeking, keep on knocking, never, never, never give up. In the, um, in the parallel passage, oops, in the parallel passage to this, in Luke chapter 11, let me just read it to you. This is a bit awkward. This is sometimes known as the Sermon on the Plain, but basically Jesus says a lot of things here, what, what he has said already in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, once again, I need my glasses. This is a nuisance. Notice what Jesus says here. 
He's talked about the Lord's Prayer, and then he says in verse 5 of Luke 11, suppose one of you has a friend, and he gets him and goes to him at night and says, friend, let me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, or as some versions say, persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he need. And then immediately after that, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. And so Jesus links what I'm talking about this morning with that parable about the man who never gave up. Never, never. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Never, never give up. So don't give up. I prayed for something once, didn't happen. I'm going, no, no. I think I was just thinking about George Muller. If you've never heard of George Muller, he was a man who started an orphanage in, in um, Bristol many years ago. And he prayed for certain people consistently for years. Eventually, they all came to faith. And the last two came to faith at his funeral. He never gave up. Maybe another reason why sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers is because the thing that we're asking for is not very good for us. I, I think Jesus gives a key to what I'm talking about here when he, he says about the Father. He says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts I didn't give my children everything that they asked for when they came to me, because if I did, it would have been dangerous. Now, maybe your children have come to you and said, I want to go to the moon, and you might be tempted to send them to the moon, all right? But you know that ultimately that wouldn't be a good thing, don't you? <laughs> you give to your children what you know is good for them. And maybe what you're asked for, maybe it's just not a good thing. And the Father knows what is good and what is best for us. I was recently down in the West End. I wasn't performing. I wasn't performing, no. I was, I was a bit fearful that somebody may have seen me on the stage and asked me to come up to perform, but that didn't, that didn't happen, right? Sorry, you'll get to know my humor as, I, as you, go, you go along. Right? Stupid humor, I know. All right. That's me, but... But when we were there, Covent Garden, there's a lot of the theaters, and there was, uh, we, we, we went to see um, Mamma Mia, the winner, the winner takes the, oh, anybody like ABBA this morning? Uh, yeah, yeah, I love ABBA. You know, I've always been my favorite band. Do you, do you Dan, do you like ABBA? No, no, not particularly, no. But I, I just, so we, and Vivian, my wife, she's more interested in uh, musicals than what I am. I, I'd rather go to see a movie. But I, I, went, I went down because I liked, I like ABBA and I like the, the music. And when I was there, there was all sorts of musicals going on. The Lion King, Showboat, Old Man River, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And then I saw another one, Aladdin. You must have seen the movie. Aladdin, didn't you? You know, 
some people think that God is almost like an Aladdin. We, we rub the lamp of prayer, out pops God, and he says, what do you want? And we say, God, we want this, and hey, presto, God does it for us. It's not just like that. Sometimes we've got to persevere. Sometimes our prayers being answered are determined by what we ask for and, and how we ask. You see, my father, he is good, but he's also wise. He, because he's good, he'll give to me the good things that I need, but he's also wise, and therefore sometimes he'll withhold from me certain things because he knows it's not good for me to have them. Do we pray? Do we pray for the glory of God? I think in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. We need to focus in on the glory of God. Do we, when we come to God in prayer, is our soul thoughts and desires to see God being glorified? Listen to this. Oh, this, I'm having a bad time this morning. <laughs> Don't worry, I've had worse times than this. <laughs> Listen to this here. Uh, it is said that, oh, I need my glasses again, oh, <laughs> me, and I have a problem getting them on because of my hearing aids, probably not even on right, are they? It is said that the following prayer was found among the papers of John Ward, a member of parliament, we've been hearing a lot about parliament of reach, haven't we, who owned part of Dagenham, and the prayer goes like this, O oh Lord, thou knowest that I have mine estates in the city of London, and likewise that I have lately purchased an estate in the county of Essex. I beseech thee to preserve the two counties of Middlesex and Essex from fire and earthquake. And as I have mortgage inheritance, I beg of thee likewise to have an eye of compassion on that county. As for the rest of the counties, thou mayst dealest with them as thou art pleased. <laughs> When we come to God in prayer and we ask, let's be thinking about the glory of God, his kingdom, his name being honored in, in Chesterfield, in this town, in this community, in our lives. Our Father in heaven. So what precedes answered prayer? Very simply, you've got to ask. And the questions that arise from now, why? Why do we need to ask if he knows? I hope I've answered that. And also, why is it that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers? Because he knows what's good and what's bad for us. Now, secondly, what, what illustrates answered prayer? And I'm not even in the right book now. Jesus gives this illustration here. I, I love this illustration. He says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus just uses a, a very modern illustration, I suppose, at his particular time. He, as a youngster himself, as he grew up, 
in his humanity. I can imagine that he would have gone to his, his, what was considered his human father, Joseph, and said, will you, will you give me uh, some bread to eat? Will you give me some fish to eat? And Jesus says, if you are imperfect, if, if human fathers are imperfect, if you, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your, to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts, the things that we need? If we come to him asking for bread, he's not going to give us a stone. If we come asking for fish, he's not going to give us a snake. He's going to give to us that which is good. I like the story of one missionary who went to China. And, and maybe some of us fathers might find this hard to believe, but we have got a father who loves our children even more than we do. It's hard to take in that, isn't it? But we do. This missionary, he was writing back to his family. And in the letter he said, I was thinking and visualizing and I was praying for my, my family and my human relationships. And I began to thank God for the love of my earthly father. And as I began to thank God for the love of my earthly father, I felt the arms of my heavenly father round about me, loving me. No matter how much you think that your earthly father may love you, the arms of your heavenly father are around you and he loves you so much more. But even Jesus said, in your imperfection, you'll still do good for your children and if that's what you'll do, how much more will your father in heaven give you the things that you need? Do you ever hear of Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor, some of you are not in he, um, Great missionary, born in Yorkshire. I won't put on a Yorkshire accent. I'll when I visit people in hospital, I often come across people from Barnsley. <laughs> and I'm so tempted to take on the accent every time I meet them. Barnsley. <laughs> I make a fool of myself most times. Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor, born into a Christian family in, in Yorkshire in 1832. He became well known as um, the founder of the Inland uh, Missionary Society in China. Incidentally, you know what? I believe a lot of things that are happening in various places of the world today, China especially, it's down to the fact that very often these people have blazed the trail and they prepared the way for a mighty uh, uh, outpouring of God's grace and blessing upon nations. So people like Hudson Taylor and all those missionaries, uh, Eric Little, you know, chariots of fire, men of God who, who just prepared, and women of God. We won't forget Gladys Halewood, will we? That fantastic woman of God. But Hudson Taylor, a book written about him entitled The Man Who Believed God. This is what he said. It contains quotes from Hudson Taylor. And he said this, I am taking my children with me. I, I assume he means by that taking them to China. He wouldn't want to leave them, I suppose. And I notice that it is not difficult for me to remember that the little ones need breakfast in the morning, dinner at midday, and something before they get, go to bed at night. Indeed, I could not forget it. 
And I find it impossible to suppose that our Heavenly Father is less tender or mindful than, than I. And again, I do not believe that our Heavenly Father will ever forget his children. I am a very poor father, admitting his imperfections. But it is not my habit to forget my children. God is a very, very good father. It's not his habit to forget his children. So he illustrates it by a very simple illustration. Is it okay if I digress just for a minute? Okay. Is God answering my prayer? You're still awake, all right? You're still listening? Good. In the parallel passage, you know, Jesus in, in Matthew 7, he talks about good gifts. The Father will give good gifts to his children. But in the parallel passage, in Luke chapter 11, he says this, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? And then he can say, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now in Matthew 7, he doesn't talk about what the good gifts are, but in Luke chapter 11, he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I, I was, and in some respects I still believe, I was a, a Pentecostal pastor of an Assemblies of God church for over 40 years. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that we need the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives to live effective lives. And one of the good gifts that our Father gives to us is the power of the Holy Spirit. We need it. You cannot live an effective life for Jesus. You cannot be an effective Christian without the power of the Holy Spirit. So ask him for it. He won't disappoint you. But I have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we all have the Holy Spirit. But we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. D.L. Moody was asked on one occasion, why do you keep on preaching to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because I leak. <laughs> I don't know if that's good theology or not. I really don't know. Some people might want to burn me at the stake for that. I don't know. But I know what he meant by that. We need to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. So ask your Father. It's one of the good gifts that he gives us to live effective lives. Last point. Three points done. Right? What precedes answered prayer will ask. What illustrates answered prayer, well, it's that image of the Father. And then I won't spend too much time in this because I think Dan's going to follow through in this one. But what, what follows answered prayer? Well, well, Jesus said, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Well, this sums up the law and the prophets. I think Dan or somebody else will be touching on this. It's known as the, uh, the golden rule. Imagine if we lived our lives that we, we did to other people what we, we would want them to do to us. Boy, it would be heaven on earth, wouldn't it? we would think the eternal kingdom had started. And it follows on from prayer. If this is how God, if God is so good to us, 
and answering our prayers, then, then we in return should do to others what we would like them to do to us. God has poured his blessing into our lives. We pour blessing into the lives of other people who come within our sphere. I'm not going to say any more than that, okay? But just two, just two con concluding thoughts, all right? The first concluding thought is this. Where is your father? Well, you're saying, well, if you're referring to um, my my earthly father, he's at such and such address, and such. If, you, if you're referring to my heavenly father, then there's a sense in which he is, he is everywhere, isn't he? But <coughs> in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said this, when you pray, you say, pray our father who art in heaven. So I, I think the emphasis there is not so much about the location of our father, but it's more referring to his, his, his power and his authority. He's our father in heaven. Wow. So the concept of father causes us to realize that he loves us and that he's willing to hear our prayers because he's our, he's our father. In actual fact, sometimes... Referring to the fatherhood of God, it, it says that we can dare to say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. That's a very close and intimate an expression to use in our, in our relationship with God. Abba, Father. But he's our Father in heaven. Now, in, use, use your imagination for a moment. Think about the world. Think about all the world powers. Think about the places of authority and power. Think about the places that are considered the seat of power. Westminster. Although some people say it's Brussels. Although other people are happy now because they think it's coming back to Westminster. But never mind. I'm not getting political. <laughs> okay. Well, take back control, whatever you want to think. When you think about the White House in, in Washington, you think the seat of power and authority. And then if you go to, to the, the Kremlin, which is in Moscow, you think about all these places of authority, the seat of uh, authority. But when you pray to your father, you just got to lift up your eyes to your father and you got to say, our father who's in heaven. Hey, he, he rules the universe. He's almighty, isn't he? He's our father in heaven. Not only is he willing to hear our prayers and to answer our prayers, but he has the ability to answer our prayers. I suppose sometimes us human fathers, we, we promise our children things that we knew we could never do, <laughs> accomplish. But you know what? Our father, he never promises us, us, us things that he cannot deliver because he's got the power. The last thing I want to say, I'm almost, oh dear, I've gone over, I've gone over my time. I'm, I'm speaking, sorry, I should have finished by now. Once again, I need my glasses on. Is he your father? Is he your father? If you don't have a relationship with this heavenly father, then it's possible today to come into this relationship with Jesus. Yeah, 
And through having a relationship with Jesus, you get a relationship with the Father because nobody comes to the Father except through me. Hey, our God, he's our Father, and he answers our prayers.